Welcome to episode 107 of Crack the Customer Code. Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash customer code. I'm Jeannie Walters, and I'm here with the villain to very poor service, <laughs> Adam Taporek. <laughs> I want the record to reflect that this. Uh, she originally wrote this in the script that I just saw as the villain of Very Poor Service, but she was kind enough to change it. As well, that's what I had in mind. The was villain the too. Right, exactly. You're, <laughs> you're the destroyer. It is amazing <laughs> the power of a preposition. <laughs> Indeed. Oh, <laughs> uh, so how are you? Feeling villainous? Uh, no, never. You know me. I'm all sunshine and unicorns, but <laughs> yes. <laughs> no, I'm good. I'm good. As you know, I'm traveling a lot and speaking and doing all that stuff. And lately, I've been tied to my keyboard to do a bit of writing. So it's all good. How about you? Very nice. Yes, I am actually getting ready for our book anniversary. Hmm. Can you believe it's been a I year? I cannot believe it. Is that crazy? Really? Yep, it's going to be a year, and uh, I guess from when this runs, about a week or so. Okay. Uh, so yeah, getting ready for the anniversary. Going to do some special posts and little fun things like that. So that's on Are the you plate. Gonna, like take the book out to dinner and toast it with some champagne. I may just buy it a rose. Ah, <laughs> oh, that's sweet. Will you accept this rose? <laughs> exactly. And if it says no, I'll give it to my wife. <laughs> if it doesn't answer, then right. that goes to my wife. <laughs> See how oh, that works? Awesome. Yeah, so that and all the usual stuff. But you know what? I'm thinking in extreme terms right now, Jeannie. Tell me more. <laughs> well, our topic today is extreme customization. And extreme. I have no idea why we called it extreme, but hyper customization <laughs> and just all of the neat things that people can do nowadays and companies and organizations can do to customize the experience. Now, I know we've talked about this in a few different episodes in different ways, but today we're going to talk about the cutting edge. Yeah, I, I'm really excited about this because I think we've we've certainly touched on personalization and how important it is to personalize an experience for your customers. But I think now we're getting into, instead of just personalizing in ways where we say, hello, Adam, instead of greetings, customer, <laughs> <laughs> we actually are getting into really specific ways even products can be uh, really specialized for who they're intended for. And because the price point on this technology is coming down so far, there are amazing things happening, amazing things. And I saw a bit of this at South by Southwest, which I shared with you, where in the expo hall, in the exhibit hall, there were people getting their ears actually uh, scanned. They would use this little balloon and then the they would scan this balloon for the shape of the inside of your ear. And the whole point was to get super customized earbuds. And that impressed me. But now there are all these different things they're doing with uh, earphones and this type of technology where now you can get these, uh, and these actually won some technology awards, but you can get them. They're called HEAR, H-E-R-E. And essentially what they do is they allow you to filter out the, the outside world just the way you want it. So if you're biking, for instance, you might want to hear the traffic noises while you're listening to your music. If you're on a plane, you might want to make sure you don't hear crying babies and jet noises. And so 
they but you can actually also use it to uh, filter the noise coming in like with reverb and stuff like that, oh. which is kind of cool. I wish our phones could do that because you know, basically what they're doing is they're filtering out certain frequency ranges. Uh, essentially, that's how you do that, I would imagine. And I have no idea. Well, if you look <laughs> at uh, if you look at cell phones, you, you always have those conversations where you're just talking, and you it sounds like somebody is ripping apart a pound of bubble wrap, and you're like, "What are you doing?" You're like, "Oh, I'm just flipping some papers because yeah. the cell phone amplifies certain frequencies." Yep. So yeah. now they have to take that technology and put it on my phone, or even more importantly, put it on the phone of everybody I'm talking to. Yes. Yes. Well, it's funny you say that because I know that there are certain uh, Bluetooth headsets that are great uh, for people with hearing loss because they actually, they work better. They're both a hearing aid and a Bluetooth thing, so they can answer their phone that way. So they can actually hear better through that on a phone than they can, uh, you know, just in regular everyday life. And I bet it's all, it's similar technology to that. So it's really interesting because this, this one here, they're kind of promoting it as a musical thing. Like if you go to a small concert, you can make it sound bigger. You can put all these uh, different options in filters. And I can imagine it, it would be a lot of fun to play with too. But, and then there's the fitness stuff that is so customized now. And now they have earbuds that actually monitor your heart rate and monitor the things that you want to monitor for your own fitness. So it's like we're blending all this stuff together with the cool data that we're gathering and all this amazing technology where the price points are coming down. And I just feel like we're going to be walking around saying, instead of where did you buy that stuff, it's going to be, oh, which uh, filters did you preset? <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> which ones are you using? Because I'm using these and they're mine. You know, like I created everything and they fit me perfectly. And it's just totally cool stuff. You know, one thing that's interesting about this whole topic is how it's going to play out as we transition into this. Because the mm -hmm. marketing and the cost basis and the pricing that's going to have to happen with customization. So, you know, you mentioned the earbuds. Mm -hmm. I wonder where those are going to come in price point. Mm -hmm. Because that's still going to take some, it's going to be customized, it's not going to be scaled, et cetera, et cetera. And how much will, there'll be the couple of percent that'll pay anything for anything, of course. Right. But how many people will pay 99 bucks for earbuds or a hundred or 300 bucks for earbuds? Right. Well, and they're promoting those here ones for Coachella, which is coming up. And I think it's 200 is the price point. And I think there are probably people who will buy that. But I, I agree with you that most of us, I had trouble... I bought some special earbuds a while ago because I was having trouble running with my regular ones. And somebody recommended these that are like sport ones, which I think just means that, you know, they don't short out from your sweat and <laughs> all these gross things. But they were more expensive. And my friend basically said, it's worth it. And they were like 45 bucks. And even that I remember being like, seriously, I have to pay this for earbuds because they just come with things now. And we're just used to kind of having pretty high quality too, uh, earphones at our fingertips. So I agree with you. I think it's going to be very specialized. And the other thing, the, uh, another big challenge here is what does it take to customize them? So for instance, the, the earbuds that are specialized for the shape of your ear, you have to sign all these waivers because they do things to you medically. Like they put a balloon in your ear, they have an ENT or somebody who is actually helping you with this and then they scan it. So 
if you commit to it, it feels like a bigger commitment than just going in and being like, uh, could I, could I have the white ones? <laughs> you know, it's, it's a very different procedure. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's a whole different thing. And you know, what's interesting is manufacturers are getting into this too. And that's one of the things is we haven't gotten to the technology where it's fast enough in a lot of cases, 3d printing is sort of, you know, laughably slow, uh, mm -hmm. for production, but that's where a lot of things are headed. And manufacturers are actually getting into that, but it completely changes the business model because mm -hmm. now you're talking about the one problem, you, what, the one thing you don't have in manufacturing, one of the big things is flexibility. Right. The, you know, the first, the first widget costs $3 million. The next one costs two cents because yeah. you've got to tool everything and do the die cast molds and all these types of things. So if you move over to producing in a 3D printing type environment, well, now you can't produce quantities like that, mm -hmm. but you can be flexible. You can change your product quickly. Right. And so it's really, I mean, it's change, it, it will change traditional industries. And I think it's going to be fascinating to figure out which companies stick, which, which model, use a blended model, how they approach what works for them. Because there are always going to be some things you just need to knock out $3 billion of. Right. Well, right. and also what happens when we all get cheap and fast 3D printing in our homes. Then we could purchase things online and print them at home very quickly. And well, so that changes you, you buy the, the entire the entire model, you know, that changes things too. So I think we're right on the cusp of all this, but you know, there are it I I think we're just in an amazing time. I really do because if you look around like humans are awesome. <laughs> and they make all this cool stuff and they take things like this 3D printing technology and they not only look at ways to customize consumer goods, but they look at what can we do to better the world. And that's where 3D printing is coming in to create, uh, you know, quote unquote skin for burn victims. It's being used to uh, help with especially children who need a, um, prosthetic arms or anything. They do a lot of work around that because they outgrow them so quickly. There's all sorts of things where they're doing, I mean, it's just amazing. And I think that part of this is if we look at this as it used to be that you had to mass manufacture everything a certain way. Now we're talking about individual people and that's essentially what we're always talking about, right? right. With customer experience and customer service. It's like, this is about people and it's not only about people, it's about the individual person you are dealing with in that moment. And so this is taking that to that next level. And that's what I find so exciting and thrilling about it. And I think we're just on the edge of seeing where this can go. Yeah. And it's interesting it will, because it will take, it's going to actually hurt a part of the economy and help a part of the economy. And mm -hmm. I think it's going to hurt a lot of overseas manufacturers. Yep. I mean, everybody thinks of these big places that make the iPhones and make all mm -hmm. these you know, clothing for Gap. There are a lot. You know, I used to do business overseas and internationally and import. And there are a lot of sort of mom and pop factories in Taiwan and China yeah. and all over the place. And they don't deal in these huge quantities. They deal in you know, modest quantities, you know, maybe mm -hmm. a container a month or something like that. Mm -hmm. And those types of companies, a lot of these smaller goods that will be able to be 3D printed eventually – Mm -hmm. are going to are going to come out of their pockets and right. it's going to be very it's going to be challenging because once again it helps there's a limit of course to how much can shift to a knowledge workers economy because we still need coca-cola and we still need tide and all these right. things okay some things just have to be produced by large companies mm -hmm. but it does it does enhance that movement to a knowledge worker economy 
and I think gets rid of, again, some of the middle. We keep talking about mm -hmm. the erosion of the middle in so many different areas. And it's going to be a boon for smaller businesses and for small companies and people who do have a knowledge working type base and mm -hmm. a creative base and a design base. And it could be very challenging for smaller manufacturers and people who are in industries where things can be replicated by 3D right. printing, right? Right. Well, and I think it's also when you think about customization, like maybe you are customizing a product for a group of people um, and you do have to create them one at a time. And maybe it's beyond 3D printing. So you actually have to use some of these smaller manufacturers too. So I think there's a lot of, there are a lot of questions here. We don't know the answers to yet. and But I agree that we're going to have to, we're going to see things happen that we never expected. And we're going to see unintended consequences of those things as well. Well, in a lot of cases, if you look at, I'm going to assume the paradigm sort of goes forward, similar to how it is now, just much bigger and better. I mean, right now, there's a significant difference between an industrial 3D printer, which costs a lot of money, mm -hmm. and your little home one that you can make like, uh, you know, a case for your bubble gum on. Mm -hmm. Okay, and that will also be something that I think, to your point, helps those smaller manufacturers stay in the game, assuming they have the capital, if they are able to do the things that a 3D printer can't do. It's just the same reason if you, you know, if I do a workshop or whatever, I farm out the books. Could I print right. 25 workbooks and bind them myself? Sure, I mm -hmm. could. It would just take me most of a week. Right. On my exactly. little, you know, so th I think there's going to be things like that where, small companies can still really do well and find some market share. But I think there are going to be other areas where it's just going to be easier to print it yourself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I agree. I agree. And I think, I, I think if you look at kind of the earbud thing and the trends <laughs> around that and what's happening, what people are basically saying is I'm willing to pay a little more or in some cases a lot more to get the experience beyond just something special when I unbox it, but special for me personally. So I think that's where we're going. And that's where I would encourage people to just think about it. What can you do for your own experience to customize it beyond just saying, dear Adam on the email, you know, like, <laughs> I think some I think some people think personalization ends there. Like if you say their name, you're done. And I'm I'm really thinking we're so far beyond that now. And we really have all these opportunities. It's just it's cool to think about. It's cool to challenge yourself and think about how can you customize it even more for the customers that you have and the customers of tomorrow. What are you going to be able to do to compete in this crazy, innovative, creative marketplace we're in? Harumph. <laughs> well said. I, sunshine and unicorns. I, I will let that be the <laughs> mic drop. Absolutely. It, it, it's, a, it's a wild, wild world of opportunity and adventure. Yes, exactly. I agree. All right. So well we're, I, I want to see who's going to be the first of us to get a 3D printer. Well, I will tell you, my brother-in-law teaches eighth grade math, and he did a uh, um, one of those donors choose campaigns, and he got a 3D printer for his classroom because there are so many ways to teach math about the formulas and design and everything. So uh, Very so cool. I like that. Right now, I'm I'm one degree away. How's that? You're one degree <laughs> away. I think that's yeah. That's how it works. <laughs> so I win. Awesome. That's what I want you to know. <laughs> okay, Jeannie, you always win, my dear. <laughs> oh, I'm putting that on a poster. 
Yes, please. Uh, <laughs> stitch it on a pillow. Yes. <laughs> all right. Well, we hope you enjoyed episode 107 of Crack the Customer Code. You can see the show notes for this and all episodes. Subscribe and send us feedback at crackthecustomercode.com. I'm Jeannie Walters. Stay current on the latest customer experience trends and insights and be among the first to hear about upcoming webinars, learning opportunities, and more at 360connects.com slash subscribe. And don't forget a special offer just for you as listeners of Crack the Customer Code. Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service. Go to audibletrial.com slash customer code for your free audiobook today. And I'm Adam Teport. You can connect with me and find out more about our customer service workshops and training at customersthatstick.com. Until next time, take care of yourself. And take care of your customers. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.